Verses twenty one through forty of In Memoriam, A. H. H. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Clett. In Memoriam, A. H. H. By Alfred Lord Tennyson. Verses twenty one through forty. Twenty one. I sing to him that rests below, and since the grasses round me wave, I take the grasses of the grave, and make them pipes whereon to blow. The traveller hears me now and then, and sometimes harshly will he speak. This fellow would make weakness weak, and melt the waxen hearts of men. Another answers, Let him be. He loves to make parade of pain that with his piping he may gain the praise that comes to constancy. A third is wroth. Is this an hour for private sorrow's barren song, when more and more the people throng the chairs and thrones of civil power? A time to sicken and to swoon, when science reaches forth her arms to feel from world to world, and charms her secret from the latest moon? Behold, ye speak an idle thing. He never knew the sacred dust. I do but sing because I must, and pipe but as the linnets sing. And one is glad, her note is gay, for now her little ones have ranged. And one is sad, her note is changed, because her brood is stolen away. 22. The path by which we twain did go, which led by tracts that pleased us well, through four sweet years arose and fell, From flower to flower, from snow to snow. And we with singing cheered the way, And crowned with all the season lent, From April on to April went, And glad at heart from May to May. But where the path we walked began To slant the fifth autumnal slope, As we descended following hope, There sat the shadow feared of man, Who broke our fair companionship, and spread his mantle dark and cold, And wrapped thee formless in the fold, And dulled the murmur on thy lip, And bore thee where I could not see nor follow, Though I walk in haste, And think that somewhere in the waste The shadow sits and waits for me. 23. Now sometimes in my sorrow shut, Or breaking into song by fits, Alone, Alone to where he sits, the shadow cloaked from head to foot, Who keeps the keys of all the creeds, I wander, often falling lame, And looking back to whence I came, or on to where the pathway leads, And crying, how changed from where it ran, through lands where not a leaf was dumb, But all the lavish hills would hum the murmur of a happy pan, Where each by turns was guide to each, and fancy light from fancy caught, and thought leapt out to wed with thought, Ere thought could wed itself with speech. And all we met was fair and good, And all was good that time could bring, And all the secret of the spring Moved in the chambers of the blood, And many an old philosophy On Argive heights divinely sang, And round us all the thicket rang To many a flute of Arcady. 24. And was the day of my delight as pure and perfect as I say? 
the very source and fount of day is dashed with wandering isles of night. If all was good and fair we met, this earth had been the paradise, it never looked to human eye since our first sun arose and set. And is it that the haze of grief makes former gladness loom so great, the loneness of the present state that sets the past in this relief? Or that the past will always win a glory from its being far, an orb into the perfect star we saw not when we moved therein? 25. I know that this was life, the track whereon with equal feet we fared, and then, as now, the day prepared the daily burden for the back. But this it was that made me move as light as carrier birds in air. I loved the weight I had to bear, because it needed help of love. Nor could I weary, heart or limb, when mighty love would cleave in twain the lading of a single pain, and part it, giving half to him. 26. Still onward winds the dreary way, I with it, for I long to prove no lapse of moons can canker love, whatever fickle tongues may say. And if that eye which watches guilt and goodness, and hath power to see within the green the mouldered tree, and towers fallen as soon as built, O oh, if indeed that eye foresee, or see, in him is no before, in more of life true life no more, and love the indifference to be, then might I find, ere yet the morn breaks hither over Indian seas, that shadow waiting with the keys to shroud me from my proper scorn. 27. I envy not in any moods the captive void of noble rage, the linnet born within the cage, that never knew the summer woods. I envy not the beast that takes his license in the field of time, unfettered by the sense of crime, to whom a conscience never wakes. Nor what may count itself as blessed, the heart that never plighted troth, but stagnates in the weeds of sloth, nor any want begotten rest. I hold it true, whate'er befall, I feel it when I sorrow most. Tis better to have loved and lost, than never to have loved at all. 28. The time draws near the birth of Christ. The moon is hid, the night is still. The Christmas bells from hill to hill answer each other in the mist. Four voices of four hamlets round, from far and near, on mead and moor, swell out and fail, as if a door were shut between me and the sound. Each voice four changes on the wind, that now dilate and now decrease. Peace and goodwill, goodwill and peace, peace and goodwill to all mankind. This year I slept and woke with pain. I almost wished no more to wake, and that my hold on life would break before I heard those bells again. But they my troubled spirit rule, for they controlled me when a boy. They bring me sorrow touched with joy, the merry, merry bells of Yule. 29. With such compelling cause to grieve as daily vexes household peace, and chains regret to his decease, how dare we keep our Christmas Eve? 
which brings no more a welcome guest to enrich the threshold of the night, with showered largesse of delight, in dance and song and game and jest. Yet go, and while the holly boughs entwine the cold baptismal font, make one wreath more for use and wont, that guards the portals of the house. Old sisters of a day gone by, grey nurses, loving nothing new, why should they miss their yearly due before their time? They, too, will die. 30. With trembling fingers did we weave the holly round the Christmas hearth. A rainy cloud possessed the earth, and sadly fell our Christmas Eve. At our old pastimes in the hall we gambled, making vain pretense of gladness, with an awful sense of one mute shadow watching all. We paused. The winds were in the beach. We heard them sweep the winter land, and in a circle hand in hand, sat silent, looking each at each. Then echo-like our voices rang. We sung, though every eye was dim, a merry song we sang with him last year. Impetuously we sang. We ceased. A gentler feeling crept upon us. Surely rest is meet. They rest, we said, their sleep is sweet. And silence followed, and we wept. Our voices took a higher range. Once more we sang, They do not die, nor lose their mortal sympathy, nor change to us, although they change. Wrapped from the fickle and the frail with gathered power, Yet the same pierces the keen seraphic flame From orb to orb, from veil to veil. Rise, happy morn! Rise, holy morn! Draw forth the cheerful day from night. O Father, touch the east, And light the light that shone when hope was born. 31. When Lazarus left his charnel cave, and home to Mary's house returned. Was this demanded, if he yearned to hear her weeping by his grave? Where wert thou, brother, those four days? There lives no record of reply, which telling what it is to die had surely added praise to praise. From every house the neighbours met, the streets were filled with joyful sound, a solemn gladness even crowned the purple brows of Olivet. Behold a man raised up by Christ. The rest remaineth unrevealed. He told it not, or something sealed the lips of that evangelist. 32. Her eyes are homes of silent prayer, nor other thought her mind admits. But he was dead, and there he sits, and he that brought him back is there. Then one deep love doth supersede all other, when her ardent gaze roves from the living brother's face, and rests upon the life indeed. All subtle thought, all curious fears, borne down by gladness so complete, she bows, she bathes the Saviour's feet with costly spikenard and with tears. Thrice blessed whose lives are faithful prayers, whose loves in higher love endure, what souls possess themselves so pure? Or is there blessedness like theirs? 33. 
O thou that after toil and storm mayst seem to have reached purer air, whose faith has sent her everywhere, nor cares to fix itself to form, leave thou thy sister when she prays, her early heaven, her happy views, nor thou with shadowed hint confuse a life that leads melodious days. Her faith through form is pure as thine, her hands are quicker unto good. O sacred be the flesh and blood to which she links a truth divine. See thou, that countest reason ripe in holding by the law within, thou fail not in a world of sin, and even for want of such a type. 34. My own dim life should teach me this, that life shall live for evermore. Else earth is darkness at the core, and dust and ashes all that is. This round of green, this orb of flame, fantastic beauty, such as lurks in some wild poet when he works without a conscience or an aim. What then were God to such as I? T'were hardly worth my while to choose of all things mortal, or to use a little patience ere I die. T'were best at once to sink to peace, like birds the charming serpent draws, to drop head foremost in the jaws of vacant darkness, and to cease. 35. Yet if some voice that man could trust should murmur from the narrow house, the cheeks drop in, the body bows, man dies, nor is there hope in dust. Might I not say, yet even here, but for one hour, O oh, love, I strive to keep so sweet a thing alive. But I should turn mine ears and hear the moanings of the homeless sea, the sound of streams that swift or slow draw down Aeonian hills, and sow the dust of continents to be, and love would answer with a sigh. The sound of that forgetful shore will change my sweetness more and more, half dead to know that I shall die. Oh, me! What profits it to put an idle case? If death were seen at first as death, love had not been, or been in narrowest working shut, mere fellowship of sluggish moods, or in his coarsest satyr shape had bruised the herb and crushed the grape, and basked and battened in the woods. 36. Though truths in manhood darkly join, deep-seated in our mystic frame, we yield all blessing to the name of him that made them current coin. For wisdom dealt with mortal powers, where truth in closest word shall fail, when truth embodied in a tale shall enter in at lowly doors. And so the word had breath, and wrought with human hands the creed of creeds, in loveliness of perfect deeds, more strong than all poetic thought, which he may read that binds the sheaf, or builds the house, or digs the grave, and those wild eyes that watch the wave in roarings round the coral reef. 37. Urania speaks with darkened brow. Thou pratest here where thou art least. This faith has many a purer priest, and many an abler voice than thou. Go down beside thy native rill, on thy Parnassus set thy feet, and hear thy laurel whisper sweet about the ledges of the hill. And my Melpomene replies, 
a touch of shame upon her cheek. I am not worthy even to speak of thy prevailing mysteries, for I am but an earthly muse, and owning but a little art to lull with song an aching heart, and render human love his dues. But brooding on the dear one dead, and all he said of things divine, and dear to me as sacred wine to dying lips is all he said, I murmured as I came along, of comfort clasped in truth revealed, and loitered in the master's field, and darkened sanctities with song. 38. With weary steps I loiter on, though always under altered skies, the purple from the distance dies, my prospect and horizon gone. No joy the blowing season gives, the herald melodies of spring, but in the songs I love to sing, a doubtful gleam of solace lives. If any care for what is here survive in spirits rendered free, then are these songs I sing of thee not all ungrateful to thine ear. 39. Old warder of these buried bones, and answering now my random stroke with fruitful cloud and living smoke, dark you, that graspest at the stones and dippest toward the dreamless head, to thee too comes the golden hour when flower is feeling after flower. But sorrow fixed upon the dead, and darkening the dark graves of men, what whispered from her lying lips? Thy gloom is kindled at the tips, and passes into gloom again. 40. Could we forget the widowed hour, and look on spirits breathed away, as on a maiden in the day when first she wears her orange flower, when crowned with blessing she doth rise to take her latest leave of home, and hopes and light regrets that come make April of her tender eyes, and doubtful joys the father move, and tears are on the mother's face, as parting with a long embrace she enters other realms of love. Her office there to rear, to teach, becoming as is meet and fit a link among the days, to knit the generations each with each. And, doubtless, unto these given a life that bears immortal fruit, in those great offices that suit the full-grown energies of heaven. Ay me! The difference I discern! How often shall her old fireside be cheered with tidings of the bride! How often she herself return, and tell them all they would have told, and bring her babe, and make her boast, till even those that missed her most shall count new things as dear as old. But thou and I have shaken hands, till growing winters lay me low, my paths are in the fields I know, and thine in undiscovered lands. End of verses 21 through 40